Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. Hi, Mayor. Hi, Jen. How's it going today? Uh, Pretty good, pretty busy around here. How about you? Well, it has been pretty busy. We're still working from home. We're still um, experiencing the COVID-19 stay at home, don't stay at home, take a million precautions. You can go here, but not there. We're still in the midst of that. So life is still complicated. It is complicated. We're still wearing masks or not wearing masks, but should be wearing masks, right? We're wearing masks. Yeah, we're wearing masks too. I care about you. I don't want to overload the healthcare system. I'm going to do everything I can to prevent that. So I'm wearing masks. Yeah, we're, we're mask believers in this family. We don't, we don't think we should go without a mask. Yeah, I agree. And uh, we are joined today by uh, our recurring guest, Raquel Derrick. Hello. Raquel. We're wearing masks too. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. We're in three different parts of the country, so I know that we're doing our part. If you're listening, please do your part. Yeah, we appreciate that. We really do. So uh, we're we're wrapping up, actually, four special episodes with Raquel and the Family Operating Base special series with This Caregiver Life, and uh, I'm excited to talk about what we've discussed during this series and and what caregivers can connect to. whether it's during this time of COVID or in the future, uh, we, this Caregiver Life is all about making connections and communicating with one another. So thanks for being with us again. Now, I also, some of the things we talk about are really sensitive and, and sometimes they can be triggering. So if you or someone you know is having dark thoughts, having thoughts of suicide, I want you to know that you can get help by calling the National Crisis Line at 1-800-273-TALK. And please share that number with your family and friends and let them know that you're there 24-7, 365, no matter what. And if they need help, you'll be there to get them that help. Now, today we're going to talk about lots of different topics, several of our episodes, just to kind of bring it all together and and really, really wrap up what this whole theme of that we came together for is all about. And I'd like to kick that off with talking about our episode, Complexities of Grief. Do you guys remember that episode? I remember that was uh, that was quite an episode. It was really in depth, and um, I think we covered the topic so well for for so many people. We had the opportunity to speak with Dan Miller from the Wonder Warrior Project, and Dan Dan shared really a lot about his life, his his struggles to overcome post traumatic stress, and the grief of losing men that he served with, and then the struggles that he experienced, and the grief that he experienced as a Chicago Police Department police officer, which um, I can't imagine what that must be like. And then, um, and then he talked to us uh, about what he's going through right now. His, his father is a, a terminal illness and he's caregiving for him. And I really thought we learned a lot from Dan. I think we did too. What was the biggest takeaway for you? Well, I think that, you know, my biggest takeaway was that we can't compare our grief to anyone else's. So the the emotions that I experienced, the pain that I experienced can't be compared to yours or Raquel's 
or anyone's. Uh, it's, it's uniquely individual, but we all can find ways to help each other. And there's a lot of ways that we can find help. If we don't have someone close to us, we can find a peer group. There's many online. Um, we can work on our, our health and wellness, our physical health and our, our mental health. And we can talk about our feelings. And I think that was the big thing um, that Dan shared was talking about your feelings can really help. He did a really in-depth job of talking about feelings and, um, and about welfare checks with oh, that's right. is what he did has done with you. He's checked in with you. He has, he's such a good egg, but buddy checks are so important. And now I know Raquel, you have a number of, of buddies all over the country. Have you done any buddy checks during this COVID sequestration? Yeah, we've definitely done buddy checks and we've gotten really creative about how to stay connected in these times. And we talked at length when we talked about adapting to the virtual world. And we had Amanda Fleener on with us who could talk a little bit about working from home and homeschooling, um, you know, because she's been homeschooling her kids for years. So she had some tips and I really appreciated that, um, you know, she said, the people who find themselves homeschooling and working from home now are kind of doing it in crisis that they were just, you know, thrown into it. So we talked a lot about um, having grace around that, right? And not trying to be all the things at all the times. And then we talked about um, how can we stay connected in this time of disconnect. And we revisited that on our episode about grief and isolation um, when we talked about you know, being tribal communities and really being primates that thrive on that um, interaction and connection with other people. And so, you know, one of the things that we, I've done with a friend group is weekly Zoom meetings. And it started out that we were just meeting on Zoom, we were talking, and then it started to evolve to, we had a theme every week and one person signed on to put together like a, um, a drink and snack pairing and would drop it off earlier in the day and then we'd all get on together and eat and drink and just talk. Um, and that really helped us to stay connected. And I think likewise, especially being a member of the veteran caregiver community, most of my friends who are also caregivers uh, do not live locally. Um, and so I think, you know, checking in and being, using filters on, like apps to have conversations and just make each other laugh, right? Especially after those really hard days is another thing that um, we've done. So I liked talking about how can we get creative and stay connected over virtual platforms, even when we're spatially distancing from each other. And I like that term you use, spatially distancing. Yeah, I really just like socially distancing because I think we need our tribe. And we need to not socially distance. We need to spatially distance. Well, and let's be frank, many caregivers socially distanced long before we had a pandemic hit this country. And they did it because they were depressed, sad, they felt isolated, and they were misunderstood or overlooked, invisible oftentimes. A lot of caregivers feel that way. And thankless, such a thankless job. And I think uh, many caregivers, including myself, have, have had periods of time where we social distanced on purpose, not just because we had to. Definitely. And I think we've all had to develop strategies for, you know, keeping ourselves healthy, both our bodies and our minds. Mary, have you 
used any strategies during this pandemic to really keep your mind and body sound? Well, that's a really good question. Um, healthy body, healthy mind. I, I've adopted that philosophy for my own lifestyle and I have for a while. I got very serious last year about my health. I think I always exercised. Um, well, I mean, I know I have. I've exercised for years and years and years. But I, just because I did doesn't mean I was healthy, <laughs> right? The two don't, are not always meeting in the middle. Uh, but I really became serious about that because as I get older, I, I want to be fit. But it's a challenge for me to be out and about, going to fitness centers. And even when I go to yoga, it ends up being a three-hour deal. And as a caregiver, the kind of caregiver I am with the work and the responsibilities I have, I am home more than not because it requires me to be home. So even before the pandemic, um, I was on a healthy trajectory. And I would really encourage that for people. I would, I would say two things. Give yourself some grace if you are not fulfilling all of your goals for exercise, but also offer yourself the opportunity to get some exercise in at least a few days a week even if it means going out and walking around the block because that's the furthest you can do and be kind to yourself about it. That's what it took for me was to begin to walk again, was to get out the door, one foot in front of the other. And the more I did that, the better I felt and the better I started feeling mentally as well. So healthy body, healthy mind. So I have a pretty vigorous exercise routine and the weight control. Uh, with food, I count calories. I don't suggest that everybody do that. For me, it's a level of fun for me. I'm not really sure what that says about me, but <laughs> it's I'm very competitive internally. And so I, I always want to do better for myself. And I think if we adopt that philosophy, we have a better outlook on our life. Like if you, that's giving yourself grace. Can you give yourself some grace today? And I think when you're, in that mindset of healthy body and healthy mind, you can find grace more easily. That would be one of my big takeaways from our series, is to, is to have had a good look at that. I love that. And I, it's something I need to take a good look at. I'd love to say that I've done what you've done during the pandemic, and that is, you know, immerse myself in my health and eat right and exercise. And I haven't, I've been overwhelmed with work. I've been overwhelmed with ch completely changing my lifestyle. And um, I'm not physically where I want to be and definitely something I have to look at in my life. Well, and then that's where you have to offer yourself grace because I don't have the life you have anymore. I'm not working like that. But the work that I do, I do because it's the work I wanna do. I work on projects I wanna work on. I have to be available as a caregiver. So I have some hands-on caregiving that I do, but mostly it's a supervisory capacity. I need to be available for Tom, but it also means I have a lot of time for myself. I'm not juggling all the jobs. I did all of that. So I know it came suddenly for, for everybody. That's what brought Raquel to the table for doing these episodes together is realizing that people have come to it suddenly like you. So you have both, you've been a caregiver, you are a caregiver, but you also are being thrown into this virtual world, just like Raquel's been thrown into it with her work. And I would say I'm the outlier. I'm not like most people with it. 
I think one helpful thing that spanned across episodes too was the idea of scheduling things. Um, And we talked about how important that schedule is and making it intentional. And so I think with what I found with exercising and making sure that I'm getting that in is like literally putting it on a calendar and having it. And the thing that motivated me today to exercise when I didn't want to was, well, then my calendar is going to be all screwed up for the week and that will just stress me out. Right. Like, because I live by my calendar and so many of us do live by our calendar, but those are helpful ways when we schedule the workout and the connecting with friends and those things, then I think it helps us to kind of stay accountable to it. I think accountability is really important. And for me, I've had to make some choices about what I was going to hold myself accountable for and what I was going to let go. And one of the things I decided to let go was just, um, was trying to squeeze something in that I I couldn't do one more thing. And Mary and I've talked about this a lot, but like I couldn't do one more thing for the last few months. And I have, I have to get to the point now where I'm saying no so that I can fit in the things that are important to me and really make some choices about what matters to me and what doesn't. Well, I I think that's such an important point to bring up is the one more thing. I actually have that on my refrigerator. I've had it on my refrigerator as a note for years. One more thing. Like, okay, life, give me one more thing, will you? <laughs> I can't do one more thing. Um, so it's making the choice of what is that one more thing. I've pulled away from a lot of advocacy during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've pulled away from groups that I've been involved in with advocacy. I've even pulled away from um, being super involved in our caregiver tribe. I've pulled away from a lot of it um, just because I can't hold everybody's everything. It becomes too much. And, and then I begin to feel like I've taken on too much of their grief and too much of their sadness and too much of their problems. And I'm not a social worker. I'm not built like that. It'll, it'll stay with me. So I made decisions to pull away from the things that were pulling on me. Um, I do want to ask for our caregivers who are listening and, and they're saying to themselves, oh, I've got to get out of X, Y, and Z so that I can work on my own happiness so I can get my schedule under control, make my priorities top of the list. What advice do you have to them about doing that? About I don't want to say getting out of their responsibilities, but, but, but making those tough choices and then communicating that to other people. Well, I mean, first, I think you have to say to yourself, whatever decision you make, you won't feel guilty about it. Yeah. Guilt, yeah. Uh, guilt, guilt, can, guilt and grief can offset that grace so much. Yeah. And I think there's something powerful about the mindset, too, where I think as caregivers, we're inclined to feel that we're being selfish if we put ourselves first. Mm. And so I think really working on, and I've caught myself saying that, too, right? Like, when I was finishing my dissertation, I'm just going to be really selfish now and power through this. Right. But like, it wasn't really selfish. Right. So there's a power in language that I think we need to work on being intentional to not use some of that negative language. Like it's, there's a reason you put your own oxygen mask on first. And then we make up these narratives in our heads and we tell ourselves these stories to prevent us from doing that. I think. I think taking a pause is a good way to think about it. So the fact that I've walked away from some of these advocacy organizations and initiatives doesn't mean I'm not interested in them. 
It means that right now, for right now, I'm taking a pause. Whether I come back to that or not, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll just wait until I feel like the pause is over. And then maybe I've done what I need to do. Well, you get to reflect on your life and what's important to you because it is your life too, you know? We don't, I, we don't live I, for other people. We, live, we do have to live for the life that we have. Yes, and I think caregivers can really get caught up in living for someone else. And I, but I do want to um, praise you for the advocacy that you've done uh, tenfold above and beyond what most people do and, and, and really put your heart and soul into it and also are continuing to care and advocate through this caregiver life. So don't sell yourself short on that. Um, but I, I, I really needed to hear you say, take a pause and reflect because that's, that's really where I am right now and the, the need to do that and to get my, my life under control. Not that I'm out of control. I mean, you know, I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> you are wearing a mask and you're taking a pause You've got to give yourself some grace. I think, I think we've covered some really interesting topics throughout this series, and I really appreciate that you brought it to us, Raquel. It was, it was I appreciate you guys being willing to take on the project because I know it's a lot more work for you guys than it is for me. I just show up, right? But I also wanted to say that genuinely, as a caregiver, I've learned so much from both of you, and I've just enjoyed our relationship, our friendship, and really... I see it as I'm a little bit younger than you guys. And I just see it as like, these are goals, right? Like I'm earlier in my career, so I'm more hitting the grind, but I want to get to a place where I am just living my passion, right? And, and letting that drive me and where I can speak publicly and just teach a whole room about, you know, just, you know, incredible things. So I just want to not only thank you for the opportunity, but just thank you for the mentorship and for all you do with this caregiver life. I mean, you're reaching more people than you probably even know and probably in places that you didn't even realize you were reaching them. Wow, that gives me goosebumps. We're certainly thankful for you sharing us with, uh, with your family operating base group, which I hope is growing. I've seen some really meaningful conversations in there. And I, I know that the, they are establishing a peer network that is so vitally important. And it's something that we talk about um, ongoing in this caregiver life. And, you know, really has been a lifeline for me and I hope for Mayor as well to have peers that you can, you can say anything to and they get it. And then, and they offer you either just a listening ear or maybe offer you some advice when you need it. Yeah, I love what I'm seeing in there too. One thing comes to mind about your group is um, the mix of um, caregivers, non-caregivers, for a lack of a better way of phrasing that, and, and how that immerses caregivers into a broader life. We tend to, depends on how much caregiving we're doing. Like in many, for many years, in my younger years as a caregiver, I didn't even know I was a caregiver. So whatever, I didn't walk around with a caregiver hat on. I, I went to work every day. I went to school. I raised my kids. I came home and I did, I had to fix all the things that were Tom did <laughs> during the day. I had to straighten everything out and, uh, and try to get him out of trouble again or something. I don't know. There was always things going on. 
Um, and it, it was a more, it was almost a more normal way of life in a lot of ways, because it was just mainstream. And what you've done is you've blended a caregiver community with mainstream America, people you know. And it's a really good lens for caregivers to see because we, we especially over the last few years with social media, can become very focused on, well, we're caregivers. Well, okay, but you're still part of the bigger human race, you know? So I, yeah, I, thank, I you for saying, thank you for saying that, because that was definitely a goal with the FOB, was to connect, you know, military community with civilian community, caregiver with non-caregiver, and to just have like a safe motivational space where we all come together around just supporting each other. Like, it doesn't matter what you have going on or what hat or what title you give yourself. We're all here just rooting you along and let's have some fun while we do it too, right? And let's talk about some of the stuff that's not as serious. Let's play some games. Let's, you know, just take a, hopefully a breath during the day, right? To be like, here's a good reminder or here's something I wanna try. So thank you. Now, uh, I, I assume you still have room for others if they wanna join. How can they do that? Absolutely, we would love to have you. So you can find us on Facebook, um, Family Operating Base, and we have a um, FOB community, F-O-B community on Facebook. All right, we'll put a link on our social media, This Caregiver Life, so you can find it that way too. And um, if somebody has a, a question, an idea, they, uh, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, they can email at familyoperatingbase at gmail.com. Fantastic. I'm the official note taker of this caregiver life. So you, you may have heard an uncomfortable pause there. I'm, no problem. I'm fine. Just writing all that down. It's a very long email. <laughs> well, and just, and just so our listeners know, we're podcasting at 7.15 at night which is probably um, past midnight for some of us. <laughs> at, least, at least our bodies feel that way, that is past midnight. Um, so we're, we're, not, we're not quite as sharp in, in our synapses as we usually are when we're, when we're podcasting, but, but I appreciate that everybody could come on this time of night so we could, we could wrap up this cool series that we did. And I just, yeah, I mean, I absolutely love this project. So thank you again. Well, I want to give a shout out to all our listeners, over 2,300 in number now, Mayor. I know. I saw that this morning and I was pretty excited because before you know it, we're going to be at 3,000. And I wanted to share something that um, Jennifer and I will be working on some projects over the summer. We might, you know, spontaneously do some podcasts because because they're just so easy for us to just say, hey, let's podcast. So we'll, we'll probably do some of those over the summer. But we're taking a pause in general on having guests and things like that over the summer. And I'm going to uh, retreat in place here for a while. And Jen has some, some things going on that are fun and exciting, a new house that she has and is working on and getting ready to move into. Um, but come the fall, we are going to be telling the stories, storytelling. So what's your story? That's what we want to hear from caregivers. We would love it if our caregiver has sent us an audio recording of, what did you say, Jen? Seven minutes or something? I would say anywhere from three to seven minutes. If, if you want to just share a little tidbit of what your day is like, if you have a question that you recently got answered about caregiving, if you've, uh, if you really just like to tell us a, a little bit longer story, please feel free. Um, 
if you're writing it out before you want to you want to call it in I think think a thousand fifteen hundred words something in that in that but if you absolutely cannot bring yourself to record it you can send it to us at this character of life at gmail.com and we'll 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 read it for you when we do our podcast that's right. And if you send it to us, uh, we promise we'll be very gentle with your story. And, uh, and we, we don't have to use your name if you want to send us something and ask that we, we share it anonymously. We're happy to do that too. But our intent is that we bring some of these stories uh, to all of our listeners. And many of our listeners are caregivers, but many others work in the caregiving community. They, they support caregivers. They're working on legislation and programs. And it's really important that they hear your story. So what's your story? We want to hear it. We are nothing but a collection of our stories. That's, that's what we all just, we don't share our stories. How can, how can we learn from others and others learn from us? So we want to hear your caregiver story. Or if you, if you don't want to send us an email, you could go to Twitter and send us a message there. Though I don't know why I wouldn't use our, our email, but if you decide to go to Twitter, yeah, I know. I get direct messages on Twitter. I can't say I use Twitter a lot, but but if you send me a message there, I'll read it. So you can it's find Twitter. It's only at this, at, at, it's at this caregiver. We drop the life because we want to be short on Twitter. On Twitter. And Instagram, at this caregiver life, you can find us there. So Gmail, audio recording, which you can also email to us. You can email yeah, us. Love audio. that. And I, I want to just say, um, you know, really it's cathartic to share your story. It's something that I do to make my living as a motivational speaker. I'm missing that a lot right now, <laughs> but um, sharing my story over the past uh, nearly five years now has really brought a lot of, uh, it's really brought a lot to my life. It's, it's get, helped me get comfortable with the things in my life that, that or happened and were traumatic. And uh, by sharing it with other people, I've been able to help them make connections and find support and resources. And so I hope, what we hope is that by sharing your story, you'll find some of that uh, therapeutic as well. All right, good, good deal. Thank you so much, everybody. Yeah, thanks Raquel so much. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Ford Auburn family operating base grow and uh, and hearing more from you in the future. Thank you. All right. Till the next time. Till next time. I'm starting the conversation. I'm fighting to end the stigma. I'm posting about mental health. We're, We're socializing hope. hope. I like that. Me gusta eso. Help us mind our future. Let's tag it. Tweet it. Share it. Instagram it. Show us what you're doing to start the conversation and end the stigma.